Welcome back to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 98. We'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for December 23rd, 2018. The lesson title is Wonder. It is the last and 12th of the series Inside Out. It has been taking us through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Live with wonder, amazement, delight, and love, and each moment is a gift. So our scripture today, Matthew 7, 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. It's easy when you're reading through the Sermon on the Mount. This is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. You know, a lot of good stuff happens in there. It's kind of the elevator pitch for the whole thing. It's easy when you're reading the Sermon on the Mount to go, oh, well, that's like the Yelp review. You know, five stars would preach again. That moment of, you know, pretty good. But, gosh, we know that, first of all, Jesus wasn't really big into that kind of a thing. Hey, everybody, look at me. And also, you know, it kind of speaks for itself what goes on in the Sermon on the Mount. You don't need a capper. You don't need, hey, it was really cool, guys. And on top of that, you got to know with me that everything that's in the Bible was written and thought about and edited and translated and someone protected it and fought for it to go in there, the whole thing. And so at the end of the day, not a single word of that is accidental. Every single thing that goes on in there has meaning and exactly zero of it is fluff. Someone chose those words deliberately and there's a meaning there. It's just like life. Something happens if you go, wait a minute, what if this thing that's going on isn't fluff? What if this thing that's going on is important in some way? What if I could learn something here? What do you know? What if I try? Something magical happens when you show up, man. Something magical happens. And this is no different. So there's a couple of things going on in that tiny little passage. First of all, I love the idea that it says the people were amazed. Depending on your Bible translation, the word wonder is used. The word fascination is used. Really freaked out, depending on your Bible. They thought it was cool. And there's something really important there because it's easy to hear a speech or to read a book or to see something and get it intellectually. You go, wow, that was nice. And then it just kind of goes by. But if you want to learn something, if you want to really interact with something, you have to let yourself be changed by it. And that means coming at your life from a place of wonder, from a place of wow, from a place where you let go, you get out of the way, you open up and you let something profound happen. If you want to learn, approach your life from a place of amazement instead of a place of, yeah, that was nice. Watch what happens when that little thing happens. But there's another thing there that I really like. And like I said, it goes by really fast. You've got to watch for it. The people were amazed because he spoke as someone having authority and not as a scribe. You know, somebody that writes something down. This is important. Ask yourself, am I living the kind of life that makes history or am I just rehashing somebody else's stuff? Am I the kind of person who has authority in my life or am I the kind of person that is just writing down something that somebody else said? Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do also. He said, guys, try this at home in one way or another. Go do these things. If you want to do these things, if you want to have a magical life, a miraculous life, a life that just works, decide, am I making history or am I rehashing somebody else's drama? And that decision will change you. Now, 
I'm all for tradition. There is a time and a place. I mean, it's Christmas. There's a time and a place to repeat certain things. And man, oh man, do I have a lot of things that we got to do. It's Christmas time. Sorry, not sorry. There are things that just have to happen. I put on the red sweater. It's a big deal. It's my Mr. Rogers moment. Deal with it. There's a lot of little things. It's huge. For us, one of the things in our little family, the four of us, that we've been doing since before the kids was born is we go to Epcot Center. I know, it's corny. Sue me, I'm corny. What do you want? But it's one of those things. When we were just starting out in our life, they used to have a deal where for $12, if you went after four, you could get in. They don't have that deal anymore. Now you have to sit down and apply and you get a, you get a rate. But it used to be, we would save up all month and we'd get our $12 and we'd show up and when we were just starting out, man, life was really tricky and we didn't know how anything was going to work and so it felt reassuring, comforting in a way to go to a place where stuff was handled in general. Someone would clean up the mess. It's okay. Somebody thought about the thing and so it became a special sanctuary for us as corny and fake and the whole thing, I don't care. It was great. And we would go and watch the fireworks and just in that moment, everything would be okay. And there was one time when we were watching the fireworks right in front of the Japan Pavilion, and it was just me and Jenny, and we were just sort of, okay, we're going to have to go home after the fireworks, and back to it, here we go. You know, it's kind of bittersweet, you know what I mean? And we ended up, you know how you kind of get squished in with a whole lot of people, because, I don't know, thousands of people around that lake. And we got squished in next to this old hippie guy. And he was kind of at the other end of his life. His kids were all grown, and he had things pretty much figured out, and he was okay. He didn't have to save up the $12. And we ended up talking to him, and it was wonderful because he kept saying the same phrase over and over again throughout the conversation. He said, life's a journey, man. It's not a guided tour. <laughs> Corny? Yes. True? Yes. And in that moment, it made us feel okay, and it was the truth. And so on Monday, just under a week ago, Jenny and I and our children sat not by the water, but there's a little kind of a balcony area where we could see where we had stood all those years ago. And right next to us was squished up this husband and wife who had just gotten married and were just starting out. You see, things repeat. And I could see that they were trying to figure the whole thing out. And boy, oh boy, Jenny's got advice. And boy, oh boy, I've got corny jokes. You got the dad and the mom thing happening. And it was beautiful. I like to think that some way, in some small way, we gave back. But at Christmas time, they have this thing. You know, the fireworks are ridiculous and incredible, just like life. But at Christmas time, they have even more fireworks, and it's super bright just for a moment. It's like daytime, and thousands of people all at once go, <gasps> because it's too big. It's too much. It's amazing. And in that moment, people get their logical stuff out of the way, and they just exist. And it's even more poignant for me because during that time, they play a song called Let There Be Peace. And it's a song I grew up singing. It's an old Methodist hymn. But in that moment, I don't know why the people came. They came because they're on vacation. They came to get away from something. They came because, hey, cool fireworks. They came for all kinds of reasons. It doesn't matter. In that moment, with all of those people holding hands or just squished up together, watching this amazing thing and getting their egos out of the way and hearing words that say, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. The idea that all of these people can agree for just a moment that peace is a good idea and that maybe it can start with me. Oh, I don't care why they come. In that moment, it's church, man. And it moves me every year. So I put my arms around my little family and I cry and I don't care. 
And the, the couple next to me who already thought we were weird sees me cry, and I don't care. Because life is like that. I love the Epcot Center thing because, you know, they got all the little countries. It's like a little World's Fair. And they have Santa Claus all over the world. You know what I mean? Different countries. So there's like a United Kingdom Father Christmas, and there's an American Christmas Santa Claus guy, and there's a, there's a, a French uh, Père Noël, and all of this stuff. And it's a wonderful, beautiful moment to see that the story is different. The French Santa Claus is a skinny guy with a long coat. Looks like Gandalf. <laughs> you can imagine the American one. It's, it goes on and on. And I love the idea that, you know, we believe that all of those wonderful souls are Santa's helpers in one way or another, but it's not just that. I got to tell you, man, I am the number one Santa Claus fan in the world. And I wanted to get in line, and I wanted to sit on a lap, and I wanted to get a picture taken. But I recognized that there were other kids in line, and I didn't want to take up anybody's space. So Jenny and I and the kids, we were happy enough just to watch that moment of magical transubstantiation where for that child, even though they had just seen someone else being Santa Claus 100 yards over, that moment where it wasn't that they were a helper, in that moment they were Santa. It happened. The magic happens. Because the, the lesson is that the Christmas story, the Santa Claus story, is too big for any one set of details. Long, court, long coat, short coat, long beard, short beard. The Father Christmas in the United Kingdom was wearing green. Does it matter? Where is your story? Is your story the details, or is your story too big for any one set of circumstances? This is the Christmas miracle, the miracle that, you know what, my life right now may not look so good. I might have stuff I'm worried about, freaking out about, in fact. But your life, your story, is too big for the details of right now. That's where Christmas starts, when you really know that. But the thing that I didn't see, I had never seen before, was the thing in Italy. They didn't have a Santa Claus figure, and said it was a lady with a broom. I don't know the story. I'm not Italian. I, I, did, I never heard it before. But she had told the story. Her name is Bufana, and I'll tell you why that is important in a minute. But her story is, and it varies. I mean, just like all of these stories, there's details that change. But the story that we heard that day was that she saw the same star that the wise men saw. And, you know, most guys just kind of wander around. Hey, look, there's a star. She went inside to make sure everybody was okay and to tell other people and actually do something grown up for that moment. Deal with it. But she went inside to make sure everything was okay, and when she came back outside, the star was gone. So she didn't know where to look. And so according to the legend, she goes to every house on Christmas night and sees all of the children and gives everybody a present because what if this is the Christ child? What if this is the Christ child? What if this is the Christ child? That word bafana means epiphany. It means that moment when I realized that God showed up. And so what if? It's not even a what if. That is the Christ child. And that is the Christ child. And so I better give a present. Wherever I go, I had better give a present. And that is one heck of a Christmas message. It's your job description. I also like it because according to that tradition, every kid gets candy and toys and whatever. And, you're going to love this, Every kid gets coal. The idea is, you know what? Everybody messes up a little bit. It's all right. Get over it. I love that. I love that. And the coal is usually rock candy that's colored with caramel to look dark, which sounds great. I love the idea that, you know what? Your life is not defined by the, the successes or the failures. 
You are the Christ child growing through this. Be that and look for it in somebody else. But that takes looking past the details. It takes looking past the way things seem to be. If you know me, you know that one of the things I get hung up on on Christmas, and I won't spend a lot of time on it because I talk about it every year, is the Mary thing. The Christmas story doesn't start in the manger. It starts with Mary. It starts with, with the angel showing up for her. She could have said a lot of things. And first of all, why her? I mean, there could have been queens. There could have been somebody with a publicist. There could have been anything. Why her? And the angel says, this is going to change everything for you and for the world. And Mary could have said, no. She could have said, I'm busy. She could have said, who do you think I am? She could have said, do you understand that showing up with a kid and no husband could mean I die? Are you cool with that, angel? (laughs) Paraphrasing. But you know what I mean. She could have said a lot of things. There are people who say, well, if I had seen the angel, I'd know what to do too. Would you? Because there were people who hung out with Jesus that didn't get it. But our story and the reason that we're here in a Christian church thousands of years later and the reason that there are people all over the world doing the same thing that we're doing, just trying their best to understand the message and to live that life, the reason starts not with the manger, but with Mary saying, here I am. I don't know how this is going to go. And it's scary. But you know what? Here I am. Because my life is bigger than the details. The story of my life is too big for any one set of circumstances. Here I am. Christmas is about showing up. So I want to tell you right now, the thought is not what counts. The thought is not what counts. It's a great idea when you forget someone's birthday. It's a great idea when you just decide, you know what, here you go. It's not the thought that counts. There's lots of people who think good thoughts and don't do anything about it. It's great to be intentional. Go do a thing. It's not the thought that counts. Take your thought. Take that wonderful, beautiful thing going on inside of you and do something about it. Mary's miracle and the Christmas miracle is a miracle of showing up. You don't have to buy everybody a Maserati, but do something. Show up. That's when the miracle begins. Find some way to be present in your life. If you want to have a wonderful life, find some wonder. Find something. I ask you this Christmas time, where is your wow? Find something where you just go, wow. Whether it's the fireworks or whether it's the fact that we got through the whole day and nobody had to call the police, whether, whatever it is. Find your wow. Because that's the miracle. That's where it starts for you. Find something that is beyond what you can evaluate and what you can judge. Find something that you just have to step into. Find your wow. Because you know what? There's a lot of Christmas that doesn't make sense. Take the tree from outside, bring it inside. Take the lights from inside, bring them outside. Your dog has no idea what's happening. (laughs) Christmas doesn't make sense. But the best parts of you don't make any sense. They feel. Love doesn't make any sense, but it's the truth about you. What if we get over it? What if Christmas is not about the details? Yes, it's easy to get caught up in how much money you have or don't have or the stuff that comes up for people around Christmas time, and I get it, but none of those things can tell you who you are. Some people get caught up in the details, and when Christmas time comes, they've got great stories. They say, well, you know, the Christmas story, we don't really know if there were three wise men or not. Who cares? Who, I mean, honestly, who cares? Well, you know, we, we, we think probably his birthday wasn't December 25th. Great, awesome. 
Well, you know, some people think Jesus might have been clean-shaven. He wouldn't have had a beard. Do you think that if Jesus came back right now, he would go, how many people got the beard thing right? Show of hands. Who cares? Your story is not about the details. That is not the important part. Love is the important part. Showing up for something is the important part. Giving, loving faith is the important part. The details can go away. It's wonderful. It's a great dodge to get caught up in the facts and figures because it's a great way to not engage with what matters. And sometimes when people are afraid, they get caught up in the little things. You know, if you've got a term paper to do, and instead you spend the whole night making sure the fonts are just right on your computer, you know I should really pick up the phone and call that person and make peace with them because it's Christmas time. I should forgive. I should ask for forgiveness. But you know what? Before I do that, I really need to vacuum all of the rugs in the house. You know what I mean. There are people who get caught up in the wrong thing because it's a convenient shield protecting us from feeling a thing. But Christmas is a time to feel. Christmas is a time to look past the way that things look on the outside. Christmas ain't about the details. But you know that. You know that that's what Christmas is about. And way before Christmas stuff, way before Jesus even appears in the Bible, way at the very beginning... We're told to look past the details because the Bible says that you and me and everybody else was made in the image and after the likeness of God. Think of it. In the image and after the likeness of God. And it's easy to go, well, what does that mean? I mean, I look different than somebody else and I look different than my driver's license picture for sure. And I look different than all of these other people. Where is that image and likeness? What if it's not in the outer? the very beginning, we are told not to judge by appearances. At the very beginning of the whole thing, we are told not to get hung up on the details. At the very beginning, we are told, stop writing down the outer stuff. Stop being a scribe and start being someone who makes history. At the very beginning of all of this, we are told, your story is too big for where you are right now. So maybe it's time to look in a different place. Maybe that Vafana mission statement is yours. Maybe the idea for Christmas is to go to every face, to every life, to every moment and go, I see you. And here's the gift of my presence. Here's what I got for you. I'm not fooled by the silly way that you act. I get it. I act silly sometimes too, but I'm not fooled by it. Maybe the Christmas miracle is a miracle of showing up in a different way. Maybe the Christmas miracle is deciding what kind of story I want. Do you want some of the same old drama? Or do you want your story to be a legend? Your choice. Your choice. Now, the Christmas story is about a lot of things and different households and different cultures do different things differently. I get it. But one of the things that they all have in common is that amazing moment where we give presents we wrap them for some weird reason. I mean, think about it. It was in the closet, and I bring it out, and for exactly 10 seconds before you tear into the paper, it's a surprise. <laughs> but you see, just like with the Bible, nothing's an accident. There's a reason why we teach each other to rip past the way it looks on the outside and get to what matters. That's a message. It's your message. Open the present. And, you know, if you've ever been a parent, you know that moment where you spend more money than you ought to on something and the kid plays with the box. Rena. <laughs> but the thing is, there are people in your life that are going to play with the box. You're going to yell at the kid if you want, but you're going to ruin Christmas. 
There are people in your life that just want to play with the outer thing, that just get caught up in the superficiality of it. It's okay. They're just kids. They'll grow. You can choose to get caught up in it, or you can let that happen, because it's Christmas. Show up for something different. Because it's about the presence, and it's about the presence. It's about showing up for something. That's the miracle. You know, Jenny and I have raised two amazing kids. I'm in awe. But from time to time, people ask us advice about how to, how to do it, the parenting thing. <laughs> I have no clue. I really don't. I have no idea. The trick is to have kids who are smarter than you. Good luck. Do that. But honestly, if I had any advice, it would be this. Teach your kids to show up. I'm serious. I get it sometimes. It's just, oh, I just want to get through dinner. I just want to get to the store here. Here's the thing to distract you. I understand. Everybody does it. I'm not judging that. But what I am saying is that's not a good trend. Overall, over time, teach your children to not be distracted. Teach them to be present. Teach yourself to show up for your life, to engage. Because Christmas is the miracle of showing up to a child. Everything is brand new. Everything is magic. Everything is special. We are told to be as little children. So your Christmas homework is to find that place. Find the place where something is magic, where it doesn't have to make sense, where it just is. Find the place that is nonsensical and impractical. When the, the three wise men showed up, and I think there's three, when the three wise men showed up, you know the deal. They brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. And if you're on Facebook, someone has already said, well, you know, if they were practical, they'd bring diapers. And, yeah, I get it. That's a great story. Jesus walks on water. Well, it would have been better if he'd have had a sup board. Yeah, great story. Jesus fed the multitudes. It would have been great. You know, if everybody just brought their own Lunchables, you know, that'd be fine. Great story. Awesome. Where does that get you? Do you understand that it's about more than that? It's not even funny anymore. There's something more going on there. They brought gold because here's a symbol. These wise men who knew to follow a star that it pointed to something else. Everything is a symbol for something. What is your life pointing to? They brought gold as a symbol of his royalty. This matters. Can you give that to the people in your life? They brought frankincense because here is someone who is a priest, a religious teacher, a rabbi. Here is someone who will teach us. Can you see the people in your life as teachers? And they brought myrrh, which is a symbol of life. It's a preservative, the idea that this goes on forever. And here we are thousands of years later, still trying to break through this, still trying to figure it out. Oh, thank you, God, for that. Can you remind the people by your words, but man, oh man, by your actions, that this thing that we're engaged in goes on forever, that I'm here for forever in one way or another. Even if we can't be together physically, this love goes on. Can you stand up for that in one way or another? Or do you just need baby food? There are people who are living from paycheck to paycheck in their hearts, and there are people who dig deeper. You get to decide what kind of story you want. Yeah, he was born in a manger. That doesn't mean that we're supposed to go looking for barns, although it's a great story because if your kid doesn't shut the door behind you, you can say, you know, what, were you born in a barn? But that doesn't mean there's anything spiritual about it. Instead, the story is about something deeper. The idea is if you put yourself out there, if you stand up and be counted, literally, God will make room for you. And it will not be the place that you think. This is important because there are so many people that think, well, if I'm spiritual, I can tell God what to do for me. 
Good luck with that. You don't know what's under that wrapping paper. Get over it. Your song should not be no way in a manger. Take what God gives you. Find that place. Stand up for it. This is what Jesus has called us to do, to show up and to see past appearances, to see past what you see in the mirror, to remember that you are special, that this moment is magic, and that your presence is a gift. You could live on that, or your song can be, Oh, come, let us ignore him. I like that one. That was a good one. You decide. You decide what to listen to. Yeah, I know life is hard sometimes. I know that sometimes you get coal. But here's the thing that I want you to know. You ready? This is the lesson. Coal is only a problem if you hang on to it. You end up with dirty hands. But that ain't what coal is for. It's not a keepsake. Coal is fuel for something. You use it to bring heat, to bring life, to take care of people, to purify things. Life gets you coal. You can hang on to it if you want, or can, you can use it as fuel for something bigger. You decide. The Christmas miracle is taking what life gives us of having our manger moment and of remembering that wherever we are, the face of the Christ child looks back at us. If you can show up for that, if you can live like that, nothing can hold you back because, after all, freedom is a choice. This is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening to that Sunday lesson, and I want to thank you for being part of our virtual church family. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing at Water and Stone Church, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's all kinds of amazing content. There's blog posts and videos and other episodes of this podcast and just all kinds of great things. And especially there's a calendar of events. We're always doing amazing uh, service projects in the community, all kinds of classes and services. Go to our website and find out how you can be a part of it. You can also text I am ready to 84576. That's all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576. It's a great way to get a once a week message about what we're up to. That's how we do our newsletter and special events and stuff like that. It's a great way to be in the loop. This podcast and everything that we do at Water and Stone is supported by you. And what that means is there's a lot of little things you can do to help us keep the lights on around here. If you go to the website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, you can find out how to give electronically. You can find out how to shop at Amazon in such a way that benefits the church at no extra cost to you. Really and truly, though, the best way to support what we're doing is to help spread the word. Repost this. Tweet it. Like it on Facebook. Find our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. We've got two amazing YouTube channels. Go find those and like and subscribe and share. That's huge for us. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or whatever, please give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. But at the end of the day, there's nothing like being there with us in person. Come join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday at the beautiful Harbor Hall. That's part of the University of South Florida's St. Pete campus. The street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., there is a sense of family, a feeling of community, an uplifting lesson, music like you've never heard anywhere, and a life-changing message. It's time for a new life for you and a new world for all of us.